This is Clinical Pearls. Hey, don't feel the baby move as much? No problem. Here, drink this sugary drink. I know we've heard this all throughout labor and delivery units all across the country and even in some clinic settings. But does this make physiological sense? Is this evidence-based? Let's take a look at the data. Perception of fetal movement has long been advocated as a cheap and effective way of antepartum fetal surveillance to guarantee fetal well-being. But new data has called into question the utility of using maternal perception of fetal movement. In November of 2018, published in the journal The Lancet, the AFFIRM trial brought the perception of fetal movement into question. This was the awareness of fetal movements and care package to reduce fetal mortality, known as the AFFIRM trial. This was a stepped wedge cluster randomized trial. The aim of the AFFIRM study was to test the hypothesis that introduction of a reduced fetal movement care package for pregnant women and clinicians that increased women's awareness of the need for prompt reporting of reduced fetal movement and a standardized management including timely delivery would alter the incidence of stillbirth. Between January 2014 and December 2016, data were collected from over 400,000 pregnancies. Now here's the catch. The incidence of stillbirth was 4.4 per thousand births during the control period and 4.06 per 1,000 births in the intervention period. That's a p-value of 0.23, meaning not clinically significant. So what was the interpretation? The reduced fetal movement care package did not reduce the risk of stillbirth. The benefits of a policy that promoted awareness of reduced fetal movement remained unproven. As the authors themselves discuss in the paper, a package of interventions with strategies for increasing pregnant women's reporting when they perceive reduced fetal movement combined with a management plan to identify and minimize further risk, including early delivery when indicated, did not reduce the incidence of stillbirth at or beyond 24 weeks, nor did it reduce perinatal mortality. This intervention, however, increased the frequency of labor inductions and birth by C-section as well as giving prolonged neonatal unit admissions. The findings of the AFFIRM trial are in contrast to previously reported findings that showed that among pregnancies that end in stillbirth, reduced fetal movement in the week prior to the stillbirth event can be reported in 30% up to 55% of cases. So, the findings of the AFFIRM trial are interesting and actually don't stand alone. The findings of the AFFIRM trial are actually consistent with a Cochrane review published in 2015. This Cochrane review included a cluster trial of 68,000 women randomized to formal kit count or usual treatment, which concluded that formal fetal movement counting was of inconclusive benefit as a measure of fetal well-being. 
Nonetheless, and here's the catch, the affirmed study authors urge delay on any policy changes based on their study until results of two other ongoing cluster trials are published. This includes a cluster study of over 250,000 women in Australia and New Zealand and another study from Sweden that is enrolling 39,000 women. Critics are quick to point out potential flaws in this study's design. For example, the study was designed to have women monitor changes in fetal movement from 24 weeks and that they should refer themselves immediately if they detected altered movements after 28 weeks. Critics state that with hindsight, the recommendation to encourage mothers to report changes from as early as 28 weeks might have been misguided. Although overall deaths were not stratified by duration of gestation, it is plausible that limiting intervention campaigns to beyond 37 weeks of gestation would make more sense and would potentially be safer and have more beneficial outcomes. All right, I know our original topic had to do with the intake of sugary drinks to increase fetal movement, and we're going to get to that next. But we had to lay the foundation that even an old established historic practice like kick counts or maternal perception of fetal movement may not be what it was thought to be for the prevention of stillbirth. Nonetheless, it's a cheap intervention that at 37 weeks or more may potentially may prevent stillbirth and fetal harm now let's address the issue of sugary drinks Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In August of 2016, in the Journal of Perinatology, Mission et al. published the effect of glucose administration on perceived fetal movements in women with decreased fetal movement, a double-blinded placebo-controlled trial. These authors found that in women with decreased fetal movements, maternal glucose administration had no effect on perceived fetal movement and that its clinical use was to be questionable. Again, this was from a double-blinded placebo-controlled trial. In general, society seems to enjoy perpetuating the myth of the fetal sugar high after maternal glucose ingestion as if sweet drinks were some sort of magic juice for human beings that provide amazing wake-up power. Now, this really isn't the case outside of perhaps the placebo effect. In a healthy human, blood sugar levels actually don't fluctuate very much even after a meal. Additionally, remember that the pregnant woman is hypermetabolic to begin with. This ensures a constant source of nutrients to the child at maternal storage expense. So where does this idea come from that eating or drinking something can wake up the child? Well, eating or drinking anything does stimulate the digestive tract, 
which moves and generates noise in the process. Any kind of abdominal noise would be perceived by a fetus as being quite loud, given both the proximity and mediums through which the sound would travel to reach the fetus. Fetuses respond to most kinds of noise, so drinking a tall glass of cool water could potentially produce the exact same result as a sweet or a fizzy drink. Okay, hold on, hold on. I know I've just messed with a lot of you because everybody likes their sugary drink for fetal movement. But remember that this finding is actually nothing new. The American Journal of Perinatology back in 1984 had similar findings. In other words, Holden et al. published increased fetal activity with low maternal blood glucose levels in pregnancies complicated by diabetes. Let's say that again. In this study from 1984... Fetal activity increased the lower that the maternal glucose levels went. Why? Because it was theorized that this was an adaptive response to wake up the mother so that she can actually eat to maintain caloric values. So it wasn't that the baby actually moved less when the mom was, quote, hypoglycemic. But in this study, when the maternal sugar levels dropped, the baby actually became more active in an attempt to wake up the mother. Okay, so a little disclosure here. This was a small study, but these observations did indicate that hyperglycemia does not stimulate fetal activity and that the obstetric practice of beverages with high glucose content being administered during antepartum testing in an attempt to increase fetal movement should be reevaluated, especially in diabetic women. Lastly, it's interesting that even the Australian and New Zealand Stillbirth Alliance state that the administration of sugary drinks to, quote, increase fetal movement can be potentially dangerous by driving up maternal glucose levels and is not evidence-based. All right, I know I've messed with some of you because you've done it for so long. Don't feel the baby move? Here, drink this high sugar drink. Probably not evidence-based and could potentially be dangerous by giving quick spikes in maternal glucose levels. So why do babies have decreased fetal movement? Because babies have natural physiological processes, especially as gestational age increases, where babies have sleep cycles. Sleep cycles can occur in the fetus from 20 to 40 minutes at a time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Clinical Pearls.